Hey, what's up, Hyperfast Agent Nation? I'm coming at you once again from the Florida studio. We are still in COVID-19 lockdown, but we are making shows and trying to connect and help you guys learn and grow. We've got an amazing guest on the show. He's been a real estate agent for just under four years, but is already producing over 20 million a year in volume. He is about to launch an amazing new podcast, which we'll talk about. And this is going to be a wild ride. Get ready to learn from Sean Kunkler. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Perry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Perry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right, welcome to the show, Sean. Super glad to have you on. I know we got a lot to talk about in terms of what you're doing for marketing, the different ways you think real estate investors should collaborate, and then you got something you're you're launching that I'm sure we'll get to uh, at some point. So welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I I am as well. Before we dive into the the show. Why don't you give the yeah. listeners a little background of who you are and, and how you got to where you are today? Fair enough. Um, born and raised in Connecticut. I'll give you the really big first. Born and raised in Connecticut. Found my way out to San Francisco about 20 plus years ago. Was heavily focused in the martial art world. Got my black belt, built my ra- myself up through the ranks, eventually ran the headquarters school. Um, that is until I broke my back and decided it's kind of time for a career change. <laughs> um, from there, I kind of stayed interwoven with sales, got into, um, I was the sales director at a pretty high-end athletic club. And then from there, just kind of serendipitously met a commercial real estate agent and him and I would work out together often and and uh, one day we were just talking numbers and he told me how much he earned and I, my jaw literally hit the floor and, and the next day I, I started to take the real estate course. That was about four years ago. I've been practicing real estate full time for three years. So I'm new to the game, but have quickly grown. Last year I had pretty fantastic growth. I was able to produce 20 million in sales which in a pretty short time, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, that's kind of the, the short and skinny. And uh, coming into it, knowing that I'm brand new and the biggest challenge that we all have to kind of get over the hurdle is how do I convince somebody or pitch them to trust me to allow th- this whole experience to happen? And so I actually authored a book when I was about six months into real estate, I wrote the insider's guide to home buying, the San Francisco edition. And that by far was the hands down best marketing piece that I had ever produced. Just because it took it took away all that question of can you help me or how long have you been doing this to when can we get started? And that was the game changer. And yeah, like I, instant credibility, I'm sure, with with your your instant, clients, right? Completely. It's, you know, as soon as you say, like certain words conjure certain images, right? If we say like brain surgeon or rocket scientist or author, it, it, it naturally just elevates the status of because we know it takes a lot of work to get to that point. So as soon as you say to somebody, hey, I'm an author and I wrote this book and it's case specific for your need, it immediately takes away the question of, well, how long have you been doing this? Do you know what you're doing? And all of those questions that fracture the relationship up front. And, and how, uh, how long did it take you to, to, to write that book? You, you did it, what, only six months in? You, you already had it out? I didn't have it out in six months. I started writing it in about six months. 
oddly enough, I went to a Tony Robbins concert or uh, concert. They are they are kind of like concerts. They are. <laughs> well, when Pitbull comes out, it becomes a concert. I actually went and you know, through all the different exercises. It's, if you haven't done it, it's a three day full immersion. Immersion. It's like five a.m. to twelve p.m. every night or twelve a.m. I mean, it's like this crazy experience. And anyways, my epiphany through that is I'm going to write a book. And so when I got home, I hunkered down. It took me about nine months in all to write it because I had to do a lot of, I had to research what buyers were actually looking for, pretty much their problem. And then I had to write the content to solve that problem. And then it takes time to edit it and clean it up and photos and, and all of that. So it's, it did take a minute to do, it's like working out. You know, if you, if you go to the gym once, you're not fit for life. If you go consistently for in small increments, if you did 15 minutes a day for the next year, that's a ton of minutes that adds up. So I would give myself an hour in the morning to work on writing and, and it just accumulates and it builds that, on itself. That was actually a similar experience for my, for my first book. I, I went to Tony Robbins UPW in New Jersey. Really? Decided to write a book. I, I took a little longer than nine months because I, I just didn't get to it uh, right away. But yeah, actually, uh, I have a copy here. So uh, that's nice. That's, uh, yeah, same, same, same uh, idea. And, and I, I, my wife and I signed up. Carrie and I signed up for the Platinum Partner, and we we hung out. Fantastic. For about a year. So, if anyone's listening and you got you have a chance to 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 get exposed to Tony Robbins, you know, I'm sure right now your only kind of options are through through books or Audible, but uh, or or online stuff. But if you get a chance when when yeah. uh, events start happening again, I, I highly recommend taking advantage of it. I completely agree, and I'm I'm always really hesitant to like I don't drink the Kool Aid. I'm not one of those people. I I want to be sold on something if I like it. Like, I don't want to be sold just because there's hype and excitement around it. Um, that said, I think his program is legit. Like, it's 100% changed my game. And it, it's a lot of the teachings have definitely pushed me to the level that I'm at uh, in multiple categories of my life, not just within the business realm. Here, I'll shameless plug. Give me one second. I'll grab my book. Yeah, let's see it. Yeah, let's see if I can grab it. I'm like hunkered down in filming mode. Um, here it is. Boom. There we go. So Insider's I, Guide to Home Buying. And I actually went with that for the authority pieces. I wanted it to literally look like the cover of a business magazine because I'm in the, the, the tech hub. And I wanted to, again, I wanted to convey this level of certainty and confidence to my buyers in advance. But what's really fascinating about that is if I get a call from an agent, let's say in Connecticut or New York or wherever, because San Francisco is so mass transient, people are moving in and out all the time. And when an agent calls me and says, hey, I have a client, and then we have a short phone call, and then immediately I follow up with um, an email that says, attaches a copy of my book it immediately gives them a level of confidence and knowing how I'm going to treat their client. So it helps on so many levels. Um, and I don't think, you know, I didn't know this podcast, we were going to just pitch like writing a book, but I do think there's a huge advantage to it, but you don't even have to go that crazy. You can just write a really nice, simple, let's say three page PDF, go to Fiverr or Upwork, have it designed really nice. And then send that as your, you know, your resume or your your position piece. And I and that goes a long way. It's not dissimilar from when a buyer writes an offer and you send a love letter to the seller to pre-sell yeah. that person. It's a similar experience. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it it's gonna help your conversion and just build your credibility. What it, what was it like when you launched it? Like what did it uh, you know, how how did you get it out? And who was asking about it and you know were you were you getting 
like leads directly from that or was it more of just building credit credibility with existing leads that's a great question so i wrote it with the full solid intent of building using it as a marketing piece almost plain and simple i have little to no goal of actually driving revenue with this piece the revenue that it does generate i donate a, pro, a portion of the proceeds to there's an organization who gives socks to homeless people because that's the one article of clothing that's that's the high in the highest demand so and that's why on the cover there's a there's a picture of, of me with crazy socks i hired actually i went through two different pr firms but again i use it more as a leverage piece and not necessarily as a as a direct revenue driver, I use it as an indirect revenue driver because people will loop back to me. They'll go and search me on different platforms on LinkedIn or Instagram. And incrementally, it starts building a level of, of bond. So then, you know, we can connect on different levels. And then when that need arises, they then know who to go to. Yeah. Uh, other than the book, uh, how, yeah. how, what were, what were the keys to building your business to, you know, over 20 million in just a few years? How, how did you do it other than the book? That's a great question. I think my, my, my strength, my, which I lean on heavily is I have over 20 years of sales experience. And that was one thing coming into the business. I didn't have to learn. I already had that in my back pocket. So I think that was a big piece of it. The other piece of it is, I think really early on, I realized just stop selling people. Like, don't hit them over the head. That's not what they need. And I focused literally my entire business on relationships. And my first hire, my first full-time hire, her title was relationship manager. And like within that, we've just focused heavily on, so of that 20 million, 90% of it was referral based, either direct from client or from another agent outside of the area. And, and that's a huge, that was a huge shift from my year prior, which was just me just chasing. Yeah. So uh, you, you had um, a pretty good track record in, in previous careers. Obviously you like to network. You, you were able to kind of leverage your, your background and, and some of that kind of stuff. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's what's fascinating about this industry is the vast majority of people of, of the agents don't just magically appear as agents. We have some sort of backstory. And whatever that backstory is, that's incredible leverage to build the forward story. And it, it just it gives you as an individual a little bit depth and character. And and that's ultimately what what people resonate to because, you know, on the national average, if the average person doesn't move for 13 years, that's, you can't beat them over the head for those 13 years. You have to build relationships and network and then use all of these other, I don't want to say angles, but all of these other angles to, to network with other people, other agents, other clients and keep building the relationship to attract rather than just continuously chase. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I agree with, with all of that. I've, I've, I got another question kind of following up on the networking and, you know, yeah. when you build, build your business that way, that, that networking referral base, did, did you struggle with getting like a wide variety of clients that were maybe geographically dispersed in the areas they wanted? Or did you notice that they, kind of conform to uh, you know a certain type and a certain certain area if you can elaborate on that that'd be great that's a great question it, it's it's actually changed in phases so I tend to find that my client referrals tend to be more hyper focused they generally are close friends or colleagues. So those people buying tend to be in a very, in a very geographically hyper-specific area, meaning San Francisco and or the immediate Bay Area. But it's interesting because 
as the books out there, and that's on a national level, and I've written for different publications and we're doing this podcast, for example. What's interesting is I'm getting referrals coming into me, but then going out somewhere else. I just had a referral the other day of somebody selling a commercial property in Boston. So I just had to send it back out. Like, I'm not going to facilitate that. So it's interesting. And, and as this morphs and develops, I'm finding that I'm becoming more of a connector. And it's not just, not just exclusively me producing the sale like working directly with the buyer to help them actually purchase the home. But it's me having to be very connected to a lot of agents on a national level because things are moving, people are moving around all simultaneously. And we, we talked about that bef- a little bit before we jumped on the show, this, this idea that agents or investors or whoever, you know, in, in, in real estate, really, you don't work in silos. It's true. Collaboration and increasing your network is gonna it's gonna give you more tools, if you, if you will, in, in your tool belt to, to solve more challenges and, and problems for people. Uh, how how have you uh, built that that network out of other people that that are experts that can help you in areas that you can't necessarily. Uh, serve someone and, and you know, yeah. what, what have you seen the, the results from being able to connect people to those types of people? Um, well, the results are, for me as an individual, it gives me confidence to say to somebody like, hey, I can connect, I can connect you to this person who's awesome at this and they will help you from here and I can be a part of it. Like I'm still ancillary to that and that's really helped just it's made for a better experience i'll give you an example i had this financial advisor reach out to me who's based out of minnesota and wanted to buy a property in san diego this was probably three weeks ago which is really cool because it's it just it expands our our reach just so much bigger He's a financial advisor to very affluent people in this San Diego area and needed a high a high performing agent in that area to help him personally buy a property. But then I was able to build a bond with this financial advisor who I am now his hub to his clients to help them wherever they want to buy anywhere in the US. So what I do on my website is and most people do this you have the buyer button and you get the automatic email you have the seller button but i added the agent button so i have agents going to my website pinging me and at getting added to my referral network so i can already pre-vet them and then be able to send it out really easily and then the other very big position the angle that i'm i'm working on right now is building value, basically helping other small businesses build up their businesses. So if you're a financial advisor, if you're a realtor, a lender, like we're, we're hustlers and we're out there trying to do this thing on our own or with a very small team behind us. So the podcast I'm actually launching is called Solopreneur 180. And it's how to basically take your small business and, and build it up and having those discussions. And that's that's going to be for everyone, not not just uh, agents or people in real estate. So my co-host Cielo Delapaz, she's actually doing a, a live uh, teaching program today. Her angle is she teaches people how to create, how to film videos on their iPhone and edit them to push out quality social media pieces, and that's her business. She has classes and trainings. What's awesome about her is she actually just wrapped up teaching virtually at Stanford. She was on the, if you've seen those big billboards from iPhone, the shot on iPhone, that's. Yeah. Yeah. iPhone. You can shoot some really amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And that's her, that's her angle. So what's fun about that is she brings her, that perspective to the business, the, the marketing, that marketing side of 
of what we so desperately need. And then I have the agent angle, but we're both small businesses. So what are the trials and tribulations that we face in kind of getting things to grow? Um, so it's really fun. And it's it's actually not dissimilar from you. It's it's like, how do we pull in these other people who are doing these amazing things and then share it with our community to ultimately build our community? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, so... Let me know when it when it when it launches. Dude, you are you're gonna be on it. We're gonna we'll set that up. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I I will uh, would love to support and, and and be on it and help get the word out because it's it's you know there's not a ton of agents that have built networks and are getting all these referrals like like you, but the the ones that do have have great results because you know when you get a, a referral from high quality people like financial advisors or other business leaders like it's usually a pretty you know good person to work with like you're not you're not you know having to be like super salesy convincing people to do things they are maybe on the fence about or 100 percent. usually it's usually a good lead i completely agree so yeah, I mean, if if somebody at that point is going to reach out to you, they're pretty predisposed, like they're ready to to do something. But what's what's better about that is just socially, the way humans are wired is we don't want to take a risk. Like we don't want to be any part of anything that's going to risk us in any way, shape or form. But if somebody that we are close to, we like them and we trust them, a friend family member, a colleague, a trusted professional, like somebody who we've already vetted, then tells us, hey, you should try this, or you should meet this person, or you should talk to them. The, the filter in which we pass it through gets a lot of that gets bypassed. And we automatically have a bond with that person. We trust them to proceed. So hands down, referrals are I don't think working any lead is easy, but they're hands down the easiest leads to work. Um, they're not cold. They're they're on the warm side, the warm to hot. And then if they're predisposed to buy, they're immediately a hot. And you just basically don't screw it up. Just keep being that person you are. And, and they'll like that because people tend to like people who are like them. So if that person is referring you, then there's already a natural symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Are you a real estate agent with friends or clients moving to or from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? Send them to the number one team in the area. The Kerry Shell team will ensure they get world-class treatment and the best possible results buying or selling their home. The Kerry Shell team has the best training, systems, and marketing, and we proudly guarantee our results. To refer us business, call the Kerry Shell team at 703-589-9067 or go to referkerryshell.com. What are you doing or, or how are, your, are you planning on expanding and scaling what you're doing? Oh, God, just throw more money at everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, you, you, you know, the guy who can spend the most on marketing is going to win. Like that's, that's... Yeah, it's, that is 100% true. I think organic is dead. Uh, it, it's, you know, I, I saw with, you see it on, on different platforms as, as the platform uh, social platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, yeah. Instagram. It, it died like five years ago, probably on Facebook. It's very difficult on Instagram right now to get organic reach. Uh, LinkedIn and, you know, it's it works a little bit. And the, the only one I really see it working great is TikTok. But who knows yeah. how long that will last. And no one's, Correct. no one's really taking full advantage of it. Yet. I completely agree. And I'm not either. I should. I, th this is probably my motivational talk right now <laughs> to myself. I'll get on TikTok. So any, like Instagram, for example, when they were bought by Facebook, Facebook introduced all their algorithms and it just completely changed. It's really hard to do organic. So if you can throw money at something, then I think that's the better pitch. But I also, to grow and expand your outreach if you're using or leveraging social is know that platform like know who is on that platform why they're on that platform and what they're doing there 
and tailor all of your content to that platform. It, LinkedIn, just to use as a, a low-hanging for example, it's business and it's business related. So most of my content is tailored around business and structuring your business and growing it. And it's the business approach to attracting clients on that platform. Whereas on Facebook, the, the demographic is trended to a little bit older. It's a different base. I tend to have a lot more personal information on there. There's a lot more fluff um, and fun things like that. Whereas obviously Instagram is very picture heavy. And with that, there's a, it's an amazing, amazingly easy platform to get a national reach. But with all of them, if you can just throw some money at it, it helps exponentially. So yeah, my, big, <laughs> the, my big angle this year is to really push, hard push Solopreneur 180, um, not as a sales platform, but to bring true value to people trying to build up their businesses. And with that, build a community around me that we then are all collectively growing and networking. That's my big push. And that's, it's definitely costing money to do that. Uh, but I've been actually mulling it over. I'm contemplating writing another book. And I'm, I, you know, I, I was talking to a couple of friends and it's, it's sad that sales is always put into an interesting light and it's never, it's not always the most positive light, like the, the sleazy, sleazy salesperson. And I was, I'm starting to contemplate writing a sales book and repositioning it because everything is sold. Like everything and anything that you can see in the world has been sold. So I'm, I'm kind of starting to get intrigued with, with that idea. Um, and again, it brings value to agents. It builds me up within the community. And then I can continue to help my clients purchase homes and sell homes. Yeah. If, if, if you, if you, you know, sales to me is it's, it's a tool like anything. And if you, it is. if you use it for the right reasons, it's, it's an amazing thing. And, you know, you can, you're helping people solve their problems basically now like anything it can, if you're not a good person you can use it for the wrong reasons and in the wrong way but you know i, I think it's just a, a tool that uh, like like money it's not good and bad in itself it's just it's just fuel or a technique that that amplifies who you already are so i completely agree yeah and it could be wielded completely wrong and and it's easy it's easy to even in this you know, all the things that are going on right now, culturally, it's really easy to sell the wrong way or to tarnish your brand just by having the wrong message pushed out there. What, um, what are you doing uh, differently or, or what changes have you made with the, the coronavirus going on? So you guys were one of the first areas, I think, to, yeah. to kind of get locked down or shut down or restricted in, in movement. So... What's, what's it been like for you? What, what kind of changes have you made to, to what you're doing? Oh my God, I'm going stir crazy for starters. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, San Francisco, you're right, was one of the first places to do the shelter in place. And then even a week prior to that, I just had all my, uh, everybody who works with me just work from home. Like, let's just do this remotely and not, let's just lessen the curve. You know, I think my my big message and messaging has just straight up call my past clients and ask them, how are you doing? And then just sincerely listen to their answer. And that's it. And answer questions and just be someone that they can rely on, not only in the good times when the market is doing amazing, but when things are kind of questionable, just be that that resource for them and again i think agents were just we're just connectors you know if if i'm talking to a client and they're having trouble getting a resource food or something to their home or or just the the human need of connecting with with other people just be that or help them facilitate that so it's really changed my message my messaging from Hey, check out this property. This is an awesome deal. To hey, how are you doing? Let's let's just have a conversation. 
um, that's been my biggest shift. And yeah, I think connecting more with you know past clients, current clients, prospects. You just you just got to reach out more right now and and, and come from a place agreed. of wanting to help and seeing how they are. Yeah, and it's funny. I did. Um, it was early, well, last year, mid mid last year, somewhere in that in that time frame. One of my clients was is a uh, musical performer. Actually, the the drummer purchased a home from me, and then referred the singer to me. We hired the band, and we did this garden soiree event for all my past clients. And I I've been wanting to do a new client event and haven't been able to. Um, so my girlfriend and I last night we were kind of penciling out okay so if we invite 20 people to a zoom call like what game can we play and have an event with past clients and essentially seek the opportunity within this opportunity like it's not all doom and gloom like how can we still reconnect with our our clients our friends and and colleagues and and still build our network and still serve our business um, and that's really how I've changed my vastly have changed my approach during all of this. What yeah, you I, think, I think that's a great, great idea. A great, great way to, to, to connect, to do like a, a zoom or virtual event for your clients. So that's, that's a, that's a great idea. What, what, uh, what, what has it done to your, your sales trajectory or pipeline or. Oh, it's tanked. It, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's natural. I have a handful of buyers who, so we have, let me give you more, more context around that the, with the shelter in place and with San Francisco specifically. And, and it's funny, there's been a couple of times I was about to send an email to a client and literally I'm getting other emails in that are saying, all right, we're doing this. No, no, we're doing this now. No, no, no. It's over here. And it's like the information and, and the line items are shifting so quickly. So we're realtors, we're considered essential, but physical face-to-face showings have been greatly hindered. So, and there's special addendums and and all of this. So transactions are still happening. I have clients, a few clients who are still actively looking. I think there's, if you're a buyer and you're all set and ready to go, I think right now is a fantastic time to buy because you're not competing in, in a place like San Francisco, our starter range home is, you know, 1.5. And in, in that cross section, you, in a good market, let's say this time last year, we were getting five to 10 offers on a property. Whereas now a property will sit on the market for a little bit. So you can actually scoop these without the competition. But I think with the overarching, which we're all experiencing the uncertainty of what's going to happen next, the market, the stock market's up and down. I have a few people just kind of sitting on the sidelines, kind of wanting to hedge their bets and see, see where things are going to shake out first before they pull the trigger. So I would say a few handful of my buyers and sellers have paused. I'm thinking of a couple, I have two sellers currently who they both want to move out of the area, but with travel being directly impacted with the availability to go look at places in Chicago, it's it's kind of like they're hindered from, from taking the next step. So I don't think they're knocked out. I don't think they're going to, to not ever proceed. It's just things are a little bit slow right now. It's... Yeah, no, we, I mean, we, we, we have to make changes and like we, our team switched to virtual appointments and, yeah, uh, you know, doing meetings on zoom with the clients and with, with each other. We, we've actually seen, it's kind of weird. We've, we've seen uh, appointments stay steady, but right. it's, it's been a higher percentage of buyers. So yes, uh, sellers, I think, or, or maybe some of them are more physically, health, you know, worried about having multiple people come and in, into their house, but the people that are, and maybe that's affecting people that are looking less. So I'm sure still some are, but uh, yeah. it's, it's been an interesting 
kind of phenomena. And it's, it's also, you know, we operate in three regions, DC, Maryland, Virginia. So it's, it's fantastic. Every, nice. every, every little area is, is, is different and, uh, you know, a little bit more mm. nuanced. It, it'd almost be like having, you know, San Francisco, LA and San Diego all compressed into one and having to be licensed like in all three areas. And so it's, you know, if, if you're willing to adapt and, and and persevere and, and kind of stay in the game. I think I think there's going to be a chance to to really have a surge and and, and get more market share or get a higher share of the market once once, we get, at, once we get out of this. I completely agree, and I think you know the, the big question that I ask myself all the time is what's the opportunity within the opportunity? Like, how is this good for me, and and or how can I make it that way, and you know, I think if you were a part-time agent and you were only producing a few sales a year, like you're going to get knocked out. Like there's, it's too hard to to face-to-face interact. It's part-time people have part-time results or less, sadly. Um, so I think you, once, you started part-time though, right? No, you didn't. No. Like, okay. It sounded like in your, your, when you're kind of going over your biography you you were uh you had a little bit of overlap there but maybe maybe i I heard it wrong so i i had a a weird and i'll backfill that but and i'm not (laughs) knocking part-time people like if if that's all you can do that's awesome and you're trying to like build to that next level that's fantastic like where i grew up in connecticut the 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 part-time agent is like second career like while working another job full-time and they kind of dabble in it yeah um it, it's markets like this that pushes them out of the real estate which is good for us so when i got my license i knew i wanted to do this full-time and i knew i wanted to go all in i didn't have the revenue to be able to 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 literally go to a hundred percent commission and have zero income so a really good friend of mine owns a gym a really awesome boutique gym and i was hired on to kind of be the director of sales and build up their membership. And it's funny, that's the, the philosophy and the intent that I that I took when I was there. Every month that we were there, we either hit or exceeded goal literally every single month um, where they had not done that for the nine months prior. And then once I was able to build up my the financial base where I mentally could go to sleep at night and not panic because I'm watching my my income dwindle because, you know, I still have to pay for rent. I still have to pay for my car and all of these things while I'm trying to build a business with zero income. So there was, to your point, there was a, there was a weird lag time from getting my license to actually producing. Um, I, 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 I had that, that, that lag time as well. So I, I had a, I was a defense contractor, got my license and then I, I kind of waited till I built up a pipeline. Didn't take long, but it was definitely a few months. And um, you know, I, I think I think that's that's a different story than the guy doing it part time or the or the lady doing it part time for for a, a while. And you know, those those smaller agents or part time agents or dabblers these these are the times, like you said, that that, that knock them out. So I think NAR membership was at an all time high earlier this year, and. I, 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 you know, I'm not sure if that'll be true in a, a year from now. I think it's going to, uh, in my opinion, I, I think that's going to diminish greatly. And I feel that the agents who are in it day in and day out and they're hustling and they're grinding and they're doing all the right activities and they have the right mindset. Those are the ones who are going to be known when the market ticks back up in that's a massive that's, opportunity. That's, that's why there's, like you said, this opportunity. You can get more market share. And I've, I've always told the agents on our team and, and just when talking to agents in general, like my, my closest competitor, our closest competitors is not the, the number two agent in my market or the number three or four or even number 10. My, my closest competitor is that random person's uncle or friend or someone they know that yeah. dabbled in it. Like it's, that's, that's, you know, as, as a per, percentage like that's that's who you lose more deals to just just because they never got in front of you they had you know yeah. their, their friend or someone who 
you know, was, was referred to them that's not even doing that much business. So I, I think this is going to be a huge opportunity. For, for uh, I agree. And let's this. go back to that beginning part. Exactly what you just said there. It's the, it's the uncle that they're referred to or the, the whomever that they're referred to. If like that referral is so it's gold. And when somebody, when a client or a potential client gets referred to that part-timer, regardless of performance, we as the competitor are knocked away from that. So if we can then become that person who is being referred, that bumps us up. In my rebuttal, which I just used this the other day, these clients were double referred. So they were referred to me, but then they were also referred to an agent from their mom. So like that one had more clout and, and so, but it was the mom's best friend who was an agent. So then I got on the phone with them immediately. And I said, you know, let me just be honest at the end of the day, I'm the easier agent to fire. If things don't go right. Can you imagine firing your mom's best friend? And it's, like you just got to hit it home. Always yeah, that's 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 a very good uh, way to handle that, you know. And I th I think we train more on this situation than like like any other because uh, it's, it's it's true. a tough it's a tough conversation. And you know, Carrie, my my wife, when she's training our agents on this, she'll she's she'll she'll use kind of a similar thing. And and, and a lot of times people say, but I'm worried about the relationship if I don't use, you know, yeah. whoever. And, and, and usually our rebuttal is something the lawns of like, look, I know you have a lot of whatever respect for that relationship. The, the, the reality is, you know, this person's doing this much volume, we're doing this much. And how would that relation, you know, I know you're worried that the relationship would go bad if you don't use them, but what do you think would happen to the relationship if the transaction went really, really bad, which there's a good, you know, there's a much greater chance uh, that could yeah. happen. So, you know, similar kind of concept and it's true. It's, it's a hundred percent true. And that is, you're right. That's, that is the hardest objection to overcome. And it's, it, it errs on the side of being a condition. Like it's, it's hard to win it. You can, but it's hard. But it's also much easier to pre-position yourself as the person that's being referred. And the best way to do that is people don't do business with people they don't know. They have to know you first. That's step number one. Two, they have to like you. And then three, they have to trust you. So that goes back to like, what's, how are you building these relationships either through social media through content email marketing through actual face-to-face -face conversations even if it's virtual or phone calls and it's relationships are you know it's just like working out if if you don't if you if you show up to the gym once that's it there's no result but if you show up consistently you then have it and relationships are the same thing like you have to keep showing up consistently for that bond to be created. And then eventually when that opportunity comes up, they connect you to that opportunity. And that's the hard part. And it doesn't cost money. It's just, it's sweat equity, just like we're doing, you know? Yeah, it's consistently putting in the effort. And I'm sure you learned this at Tony Robbins. It all connects back to it. If, if, if you are not, doing those little actions that don't give you short-term feedback or give you very little short-term feedback, you won't have the results because going to the gym isn't going to make you strong overnight. Not going to the gym and, you know, watching Tiger King on Netflix and eating a, a pint of ice cream is not going to make you <laughs> fat overnight. But if you do that every day and, and, you know, a couple months, it, it will have a result. And the, the, the problem is, these actions like like connecting with people networking with people none of that's gonna like blow up your business or kill your business uh, overnight doing it or not doing it like there's no short-term feedback or very or very little if any so you you have to sure. find a way and, and tony robbins has a specific process where you're thinking 
how how will this small decision today impact me if it's compounded over a week, month, year, decade kind of deal? A hundred percent true. And you know, to your point, it's it's what are your habits? Yeah, you can totally go to your point, watch, watch, watch Tiger King and have ice cream. That's awesome. But if your habit is every night at seven o'clock, ride the couch for two hours and just binge watch, then multiply it out over time. That that compounds. But if you, you know, get up in the morning and you're like, hey, I'm gonna build new relationships for the next two hours, go. And you did that consistently Monday through Friday, that's going to be a heck of a lot of awesome relationships. Yeah. You know, or or with and, with social media or podcasts. Like if you post one thing on Instagram, you're like, I have no followers. Yeah. Well, you post some one thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like and, and like we all which we talked about just a moment ago, how challenging it is to to build up these social platforms or to build these relationships it it t- it's going to take a minute but you have to just show up consistently hell or high water my neighbor this is actually pretty fascinating my neighbor was the first sponsored athlete by Nike oh, which wow. it blows my mind um he's a runner he's a marathon runner and he's an older gentleman and he runs to this day every single day and I was talking to him one day about marathons. And I was like, well, like after like the next day, how did you recover? How did you build up? And he's like, oh, I didn't. I just, I would just go for another run. And, and I was like, did you change your training to run a marathon? Because that's kind of a big deal. He's like, no, no. I just consistently did it every time. And that's what I did. And I was like blown away by that. And, and when we see top performers in our industry or in any industry, it's because they consistently do, in our industry, the income-producing tasks just consistently across that board, no matter what it is. If it's, you know, if you're contributing to your community, either the direct client or the agent or whomever it is, and you multiply that day after day after day, it's 300. And if you did one touch for a year, that's 365 touches. And we're not doing that. We're doing thousands of times more than that. And it just keeps building and compounding. Yeah, the compound effect is something people sometimes struggle with. Well, Sean, this has been great. Before we wrap up, I want to do the hyper fast round. So I just got a couple rapid fire questions. Uh, Please. Give, give us your most concise, best answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is the biggest mistake you think real estate agents make oh my god uh, worrying too much about the crap that doesn't matter uh meaning and i did this like futzing around with your website and picking the right font and color and and like does this who cares no one cares go pick up the phone and call a client like don't waste time on things that aren't going to produce income period yeah i agree especially in the beginning uh what uh, what's the biggest challenge you've had as a real estate agent? How'd you overcome it? The biggest challenge I have is me. <laughs> the, the way I overcome it is time blocking. Is instead of getting distracted and running in all different directions, and literally Monday I have a whole series of things that I time block. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Of course, problems need to be solved within that, and sometimes I can't do it. Uh, my other rule is if I have to erase it, I have to replace it. So I'll find another place that it goes. So consistently do lead gen, consistently do outbound marketing, consistently call and build relationships with people. And again, my biggest distraction is distracting myself from doing that stuff. All right. If you had to start over and you didn't have any money, you didn't have your network, all you had was your knowledge and experience that you've built up as an agent, what's the first thing you would do? Open houses, period. After I figured out that, in my first trans, my first um, transaction in San Francisco from somebody I met at an open house was for $2.675 million. I would, and I still do, hustle the hell out of open houses. 
people are going to them because they're raising their hands saying, I'm looking for something to help me find it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We, uh, we put a lot of time and energy training our agents and, and, and doing open houses. Uh, last one, where do you see yourself in five years? Ooh, that's a good question. That one's complex. <laughs> my, my big overarching is the, to go from the business and myself to go from chasing to attracting and to do essentially build and bring value to people around me who potentially have the highest the highest likelihood to to help me reach my goals by helping them reach theirs that's in 5 years that's like my generic overarching vision my i would like to have a team of about 10 people i think that's a good mix of support and agents but who knows? Maybe it'll be bigger and, right. and in more markets. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Teams and, you know, 10, 10 is a very good number, especially with your price points out there. You can, you can do uh, a lot with 10 people. A lot. Yeah, I agree. So I'll, I'll be exciting uh, or be excited to watch that grow. Thanks for being on the show. Before we wrap up, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to connect with you or or see you on social media or get your book? That's all great questions. My website is pretty much the biggest hub. It's seankunkler.com. That is, if you're an agent, you can opt in and we can connect and start collaborating. There is a portal for buyers where there's... um, there's information and access to the book and then uh, keep an eye out. It's called solopreneur 180. There's a website, there's an opt-in and it's going to be all just business related conversations and helping people essentially build out what they're doing. So those are the two best ways. And then of course, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, just Sean Conkler and you'll find me. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show, Sean. Good luck with the launch of Solopreneur 180. It's been a blast. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Cool. And we'll have you on the show soon. All right. Looking forward to it. See you guys later. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.